Seven XS, the West Coast Feel Good Station. Time for pharmacy moments and a very good morning and a happy new year to Chris from QMU. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Happy new year, Maury. It's great to hear from you. Yeah, you too, mate. Now, last time we spoke, we, we thought we'd talk about the COVID vaccines. Now, I know you've been doing quite a bit of homework. The scenery does change all the time. And now we've got this UK version, which apparently is a bit of a super spreader. It is, yes. As you said, Maury, it is a an ever-evolving situation and certainly in terms of what's been happening in Sydney and in, in Brisbane in the last few days, there are adjustments that we're having to make across the country in terms of how we how we manage the situation. So there are a number of vaccines in the marketplace at the moment, Maury, which are available for the community. The Australian government has committed a lot of money to buying a number of vaccines for us. And there's three particular vaccines that are going to be available in Australia, Maury. The first one is the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and also the Moderna vaccine. And those vaccines are actually 95% effective at preventing COVID disease. But then there's also the AstraZeneca-Oxford vaccine, which is about 62% effective. So it's not as effective as the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, but certainly it's good to have these three vaccines available for us to use in the country to hopefully slow the number of people um, getting COVID in our community. Does one of those vaccines require some sort of sub-zero temperature for its transportation? It does. The Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is one that requires around 70 degrees, negative 70 degrees Celsius to be transported. So it's one of those special vaccines that really needs to be kept under extremely strong refrigerated conditions at a very um, low temperature in order for it to remain viable. Okay, so how does the actual vaccine work? So the vaccine works by stimulating the immune system, Maury, basically. So what it does is in stimulating the immune system, it actually therefore gets the immune system fighting the COVID virus. So if one is unfortunate enough to be able to get the virus, the immune system is sort of prepared and ready to actually fight the virus. That's in a very, very simplistic way how it actually how it actually works in the body. How effective is, is the vaccine from what, what we know about it already? So the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and the Moderna vaccine are 95% effective at preventing COVID disease. The AstraZeneca vaccine is around about 62% effective. So it's not as effective as the other two. In, in terms of epidemiology, what we say with the Pfizer vaccine and Moderna vaccine is that you need around about 60 to 70% of the population to actually have the vaccine in order for the virus to be under some level of control and to achieve a level of herd immunity, all right? So it's quite scientific. But then in simplistic terms with the, with the AstraZeneca vaccine, because it's only 62% effective, you need a higher proportion of the community to actually receive that vaccine in order to achieve the, um, the herd immunity and therefore more effectively control the virus within the community. And you need a couple of jabs of each of these um, vaccines too, Maury, which is an important... Yeah, I was, going to, well. I was going to ask you about that. Is it just one single dose or do you have to go back for another one? You have to have two. So normally you would have an initial shot and then you'd have another one around about a month later. Okay. We're talking with Chris from the QMU of our Pharmacy Moments. We're dedicating this particular segment to the COVID-19 vaccines. Who pays for all of of this, Chris? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question, Maury. The good thing is that we don't have to pay for it ourselves when we get the jab. Effectively, it's free. Hmm. So the Commonwealth Government has committed to paying for the vaccines uh, for the country which is which is great. So all of them will be provided free of charge. The government's purchased 10 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine, and that will be enough to inoculate around 5 million people around the country. The government's also secured 
four million doses of the University of Oxford Astra vaccine, with 50 million of those doses produced within Australia. That's a big commitment, it's a big cost, but thankfully and, and fortunately for the community, we don't have to pay for it in order to receive it. Okay, to get it though, there's obviously going to be some sort of priority, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. The government has had to prioritise the rollout of the vaccine. In terms of the people that would receive it, the first groups would be the 700,000 frontline workers. So those are people who um, are dealing with the international arrivals and quarantine, those people who are frontline health workers who are actually dealing with COVID patients at the frontline, people who work in aged care and disability facilities, and those patients who live in residential aged care facilities or who have a disability. They will be the first people who will receive the vaccine, and that will be the, the Pfizer vaccine, so the one that's the most effective. And then following that, once all those people have been vaccinated, that will roll out to Australians aged over 70, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people over 55, healthcare workers, adults with underlying health conditions, and emergency services workers. So then they'll be, they'll be the next batch of people. And then once they're vaccinated, then there'll be a rollout to the rest of the community across the country. So it's a significant logistical exercise in order to do it. And as we were talking about before, Maury, with one of the vaccines, the Pfizer one in particular, having to be stored at minus 70 degrees Celsius, that in itself is an enormous logistical um, exercise to ensure that the cold chain for that particular vaccine is preserved the whole way through from the manufacturer right through to administering it to a patient. So if they start a couple of weeks early, like they said they would, they, they look like they might be going off with the first vaccinations in February. How long will it take for all of us to be vaccinated? Up to, what, October, November of this year? Well, they're talking, Maury, that it will be around about that time frame, towards the end of the year, to effectively inoculate the whole country. So if we work it back... In terms of the Therapeutic Goods Administration, they have to actually give the approval for the vaccine to be administered to the Australian public. So they're working on that data now. We actually have been in the luxurious position, Maury, of being able to see what's been happening in the UK and in America and seeing the rollout of the vaccine and how that's been going with being administered into people overseas and being able to look at that data in Australia and then determine from a Therapeutic Goods Administration perspective, you know, where the safety and effectiveness of the um, vaccine is sitting in relation to that. So they're hoping that the TGA approval will be achieved by the end of January. And then from there, the government expects it'll be a couple of weeks in around February before the actual vaccine will be delivered by the manufacturer into the country and then administered to those people who need it most, those priority people that we were talking about before. And then, um, of course, following that, then there'll be uh, the rollout to the rest of the Australian public. So big, big exercise. And in order to inoculate every or most people in the community, it's going to take uh, at least until the rest of the year. But of course, there's going to be those people that may not necessarily want to have the vaccine initially. They may want to wait and see what happens with the initial rollout in Australia before they make the commitment to have the vaccination. Okay, so if you don't have it or you do have it, what are we going to be doing in the meantime before we get all vaccinated? Okay, so in relation to that, I mean, what we would be doing as a healthy community would be to encourage people to continue their hand hygiene, continue practising the social distancing protocols and also practising good cough etiquette. And we'd also encourage anybody who does have symptoms of influenza, which would be a runny nose, a sore throat, cough, any of those sorts of symptoms, to to actually get tested, 
to make sure that they are not COVID positive. So we just want the people to continue practicing as we have been, to be vigilant and practice those things which are important to hopefully prevent ourselves from being exposed to the COVID virus up until we get the vaccination. And we've got the mobile uh, COVID-19 testing coming to Strawn on Friday of this week and Queenstown on uh, Saturday the 16th. Yes, and we would encourage anyone who wishes to use that service to actually go along there and have a test. I mean, even if you don't have symptoms and you want to reassure yourself that you're you're okay, we would encourage anybody to use the, the bus and go along and have a test. I agree. Mate, thank you very much. It's a very comprehensive program today and thank you for your burning the midnight oil and bringing us up to date with the COVID-19 vaccination process. Pleasure, Maury. Great to talk to you, mate.